Hello, and welcome to another episode of STG podcast. Today, I'm going to continue the lecture series about thin film deposition, and we're going to focus on chemical deposition. But before that, as usual, I'm going to remind that we have a Twitter account at STG underscore podcast, where you can follow us, get the episodes when they come out, speak with us if you have any question, or if you're interested in some topic, you can write to us there and we will try to find either we know or we find someone that knows. Come to the podcast, speak about that. But now, let's continue to speak about the thin film deposition. So if you didn't hear the previous episode, we started with thin films and a general introduction of the deposition techniques. So as a recap, thin films are very small in thickness layers of any material on top of some substrate. They can be some tool or a substrate like silicon when it's just there to support the film stuck or the single film or something that we use. I always like to use the lenses of glasses as an example where you can coat the glass lens with different layers to add different functionalities that be anti-reflection or scratch resistance. Today we are going to focus more on the chemical deposition part of the processing of thin films. So we are going to deposit films using chemical reactions. So before we start going through the different way to do this, I want to make sure that there are some basic knowledge that are clear. So when I'm going to speak about precursors, that's a really important word in the chemical part of the deposition. Precursors are the chemical molecule that are the base for the reaction. So our final film, that can be, as an example, aluminum oxide, is an oxide that contains aluminum and oxygen. And then we are going to need a precursor for the aluminum that's going to be a metal containing molecule. So we have our aluminum surrounded by some groups that are going to leave during the reaction, leaving the aluminum reacting with the oxidant that provides the oxygen. And the film grows in this way. So precursors are those molecules that are going to be used to make the film. The thing about precursors is that they need to be stable when they enter the reaction chamber. They have to be activated in a way, but they cannot decompose before the reaction happens. So they, if they decompose on the surface where we want the film, that is the correct way to do it. If they decompose already in the atmosphere of the reactor without creating the film, then we are out, outside of the needed parameters that we have to keep in order to have a uh, good film depositions. So to start, I'm going to go shortly to through the solution deposition techniques. That's not what we are more than mostly interested in, but it's good to go through everything before 
we go to the let's say more interesting thing with airports so plating is the simplest way to deposit a thin film it's used to deposit a metal coating onto the uh, conductive substrate this kind of limit the application of plating because of course you need a metal and you need a conductive substrate this is widely used in any field uh, when we focus on thin films in the sense of more technological application plating is used but it's not the most i would say interesting part of that but anything else that has to do with coating for larger objects or cheaper coating where can be decoration corrosion resistance and hardness wearability reduce friction or anything in the mechanical side that where the surface is playing a role on this plating is really much used jewelry is a very good example of this if we want to make cheap jewelry look as the expensive one we can take a cheaper metal and coat it with gold or silver so the look is the same but of course the price is not to do this there are two way ways main mainly so uh, electroplating is they are all solution uh, technology of course so electroplating we have a, an electrical current that is driving the reaction so we have a metal that is in ion form that is driven by the current from anode to cathode and uh, the metal is reduced basically on our let's say substrate forming the metal layer is a really simple way to put it and uh, electroless plating that's a similar idea but there is no electrical current flowing there is a the chemistry of the reaction provides the needed uh, reducing agent to the metal so this is really not what i'm most familiar with so let's move on to something something else so when we want to deposit monolayers of organic material the langmuir blodgett technique is it's a really nice way to do it using molecules that are basically built to have two different sides of the molecule we have a polar head and then a non-polar tail this is done so that the polar is gonna be hydrophilic meaning it's gonna always want to be on the water side of a certain solution while the non-polar tail is hydrophobic and it wants to go away from the water so if we have a water solution with this molecule inside they are going to arrange on the surface of the water so that the tail points up and the polar head is inside the water in this way we can easily insert then our substrate into the water and when we take the substrate out the polar head is going to stick on the substrate 
and the tail is going to stick out and one monolayer is going to be formed. So these materials are really much used in uh, many examples where you need a monolayer. It can be, for example, uh, functional coating, since the organic can be activated in different ways. It can be used for sensing. Again, we can have functional group on the organic. Uh, masking is another way that you can use this material in the way that I'm going to coat this monolayer of organic that is going to be always oriented in the same way when we have a polar part and a non-polar part of our substrate. So we can selectively attach this, this monolayer of molecule all in certain areas of the substrate. We are going to then cover this area and then we can deposit something else on the area that is free and then remove this um, monolayer. Something, again, based on a direct chemical reaction in a solution is the Solgel process. So the Solgel process is uh, a process that uses uh, mostly metal organic precursor in solution. The first stage is to create this sol that is a solution with uh, colloidal particle inside of our precursor. Then from there, we can go through different routes to get different solution. We can heat up the, the sol to get a ceramic. We can condensate the sol uh, particles to form a gel that is basically a solid network of polymers with water inside. Then we can evaporate the solvent or the liquid part, get a, a solid network, and then heat the network to create a dense ceramic. Or with the deep coating technique, we can insert our substrate into the solution and slowly controlling the, the pull rate pull the substance out of the solution and the film is going to grow or let's say absorb on the surface of the substrate and then again we have the gel on top of the substrate we can heat it and create a dense film in this case we have different ways to control the growth of the film mostly is with the speed of the insertion and pulling out of the substrate from the solution and then uh, all the parameter in the solution like the density and all these kind of things where we control how the film is gonna attach or adsorb to the substrate moving on we have spin coating this is uh, more interesting in the sense of it's really a technique that is used a lot in the semiconductor industry it's somehow similar to the sol gel but in specifically in the semiconductor industry it's more we have a certain molecule that we need to deposit on our film and this is used in the old lithography 
part of the production. Basically, we need to deposit a layer of a material that is sensible to light. So we have these organic molecules that are going to have a change when they are under UV light. So in this case, we can, again, pattern this material when we shine the light only in certain areas. Then we can develop this film, meaning that we are going to remove selectively only the part of the film that are being uh, seen, the UV light. And then we end up with a pattern of photoresist. That is the name of the molecule, only on the area that I, they don't didn't see any UV light, or the opposite if we have a different chemistry. So basically, what we do, how do we deposit this on the film is we have the solution of our molecule and a certain solvent. We take our uh, let's say in this case they are let's, wafers mostly, so silicon wafer or whatever substrate we are using. We put it on a spinning base. We drop some of the photoresist uh, solution on top of it. We spin it as a center speed around three, 4,000 RPM, or depending on the thickness of the film we want, the speed is going to change for a certain time. That also the time is going to influence the thickness. And during the, the spinning, of course, the liquid is going to spread through the whole surface and the solvent is going to evaporate. So evaporation of the solvent is going to create this film of tensor material. And after that, we are going to heat up the substrate to really evaporate the old solvent and get a dense film. Of course, also the characteristic of the solution, like the density or the viscosity, are going to affect the final thicknesses. So we, if we need thicker film, we need to use denser and more viscous uh, solution for start and maybe at slower speeds. And the opposite, of course, if we want thinner films. So this is a really easy and inexpensive way to deposit mostly organic film on top of a substrate. And it's really reproducible in the thickness side. But of course, you need to have a completely flat substrate for this to work because you're spinning. So if you have bumps or some structures on top of the wafer that are going to, of course, prevent the liquid to spread properly all in all the surface of the wafer. But when we deal with um, in the semiconductor industry, it's mostly planar fabrication or planar in the size we are speaking about, because these films are usually one to micrometer thick or more and the size of the structure that we have on wafers they are easily nanometers so tens of nanometer hundred of nanometer that is much less it's an order of magnitude less than a micrometer so it doesn't affect that much the spreading of the liquid and now we get to the more interesting at least for us, part of the chemical deposition technology for thin films. And this is a chemical vapor deposition. That's, I don't want to say the main, but it's the main family of vapor deposition technique. So 
CVD has the name says it's chemical. So they're gonna be, we're gonna have precursor that are gonna react on the surface of sub substrate to create our film. It's vapor, so this precursor and vapor phase. And that's not in the name, but it's a vacuum technique, meaning that we always start with a vacuum at the beginning, and then we have different degree of vacuum in different type of depositions. So the vacuum at the beginning is extremely needed for, first of all, we have to remove all the unwanted impurities or molecules that could be in the reactor chamber because the precursors are gonna react also with those if, for example, oxygen is present in the chamber, we are gonna have our precursor that is trying to deposit an oxide, finding free oxygen in the chamber and reacting before reaching the surface of the substrate. So that's really important to avoid any impurities. Then we can use different pressures during the deposition. We have atmospheric pressure, CVD, low pressure, and ultra vacuum or very low pressure. Mostly CVD is used as low pressure. It's of course, uh, if you want to have a good amount of precursor in the chamber, you cannot have too low pressure. Otherwise you are removing your precursor really fast from the chamber and you need, depending of course on the reaction you have, a certain amount of time the precursor have to enter the chamber, get to the surface of the substrate, the absorb there, react, and then of course all the trash from a reactor in the reactor chamber. So everything that has been reacted already needs to be taken out. Precursor needs to be activated. So basically the all configuration of a CVD reactor is gonna be, we're gonna have inlets where the different precursor come from. Then we're gonna have, of course, the chamber that keep everything inside and it's where the vacuum is. And then we are gonna have our substrate somewhere in the chamber. And then uh, we are gonna have an outlet where all everything that is has not reacted or everything that comes out of the reactions from the film that we don't need, they go out from the deposition chamber. This is the basic configuration then we have to activate our precursor. So this is that there are two main ways to activate precursor. One is temperature, that's the easy one. And then we have plasma. So starting with the temperature, in a CVD reactor, we can have a hot wall and cold wall, uh, wall, cold wall reactors. So hot wall means that the all chamber is heated. So the all chamber is at, at the deposition temperature and the substrate is heated by the chamber heat. So everything is uh, at the same temperature. Cold wall CVD, it's as the name says, the, the chamber is gonna be cold or colder than the substrate and only the substrate is heated up, either directly by heating the substrate holder or there can be some 
uh, illumination with IR or any other way to heat up the substrate. So in this case, we are really uh, focusing the, the reactions only on the substrate because we are activating the precursors only when they actually reach the substrate uh, surface. The hot wall, of course, is, is much easier, but we're going to have deposition everywhere in the chamber, not only on the surface of substrate. This is mostly used because, again, it's, it's easier, so it's kind of cheaper, and it's the uniformity is surely easier to obtain because everything is at the same temperature. When we then go to plasma, it's like, why do we need plasma instead of temperature? Well, it's very easy because certain precursor they cannot operate at very high temperature or the, our substrate cannot operate at high temperatures so if we have a plastic substrate or any substrate that is uh, sensible to temperature or previous processing on the uh, on the substrate that also sensible to temperature we cannot use high temperature that might be needed for the reaction for the CVD to take place. So plasma give us the, the way to deposit the same films at the much lower temperature because the precursor at this point they are not activated by the, the heat in the chamber, they are activated by the plasma. So basically they the groups that are surrounding our metal in the precursor, if we are speaking about a metal organic precursor, are going to be, let's say, okay, well, let's say that they are removed from the metal. So the precursor is pre reacting before it reaches the surface. So it reaches the surface that it's already activated. The other precursor, again, it's uh, oxidant in, the, in, in our case of uh, aluminum oxide it's already active again from the plasma and the reaction takes place at low temperature. You always need something that activates the precursors without ruining. Well, in this case, it's because we don't want to ruin the previous deposition on the substrate. So we activate in another way the precursor. And this activation can be done either directly in the chamber, so the whole chamber is filled with plasma and uh, uh, precursors. They are all activated everywhere in the chamber and get into the surface and the walls, or we activate the precursor away from the our wafer, so our substrate, and move them then to the surface. And this is to prevent, again, the plasma that might ruin previous deposition on the wafer or to lower the temperature even more in the chamber because everything is then activated away. These are the main way to do CVD. Basically, I would say that most of the material can be deposited by CVD. So in the mainly in the semiconductor industry, we are going to have a few examples that that really used a lot. Uh, the one time when we can manage to get Nicola back to the podcast, 
uh, we are gonna try to have more of the discussion with him also that he's into the field about all the different ways this the, the position techniques are used in the semiconductor industry for this i'm just trying to go through a general overview of everything at the same time so a few examples are polysilicon this is just uh, when we need a layer of silicon integrated into the device that is not the substrate so substrate is mostly silicon so silicon wafers is what is used in semiconductor industry as well the name says silicon is a semiconductor but sometimes we need to integrate the silicon into the device itself so we deposit that with the cvd it's using some silane precursors mostly and from there we get silicon on the surface easy we usually don't even need two precursors we only need one so oxides they are again extremely common silicon oxide or silicon dioxide is what's used a lot as a insulation layer and well again there are many different precursors for this but we need again now a silicon precursor and then an oxide uh, uh, uh oxide precursor uh oxidation uh agent that's that can be most most of the case can be oxygen but it can be also uh, can be water nitrogen and two and n2o or we have certain deposition that are done with only one silicon precursor that kind of contain everything that is needed then we have nitrites it's the same as the oxide but there's the nitrogen instead of the oxygen same we need a silicon precursor and then we we need a nitrogen precursor that can be mostly ammonia is a, a very used precursor then we can deposit metals that's not the main use of cvd but metal can be deposited with cvd and then the one one interesting one that it's mainly it's not in the semiconductor industry of course but we can deposit diamond with cvd so diamond being just a carbon crystal so nothing really complicated the problem of creating carbon in lab or in an industrial scale is that if we do it the traditional way we need a high pressure and high temperature and these are quite challenging conditions and we cannot really make out film in this way so cvd give us the the chance of deposit diamond as a thin film on large areas control the quality control the characteristic of the diamonds and that is uh, a material that's really can be really useful in some application mostly it's really hard well it's the hardest material so scratch resistance is going to be the best material for that and then thermal conductivity is the highest thermal conductor that exists so if we need anything about that we can again coat surfaces with diamond and the cost is much much lower of course compared to well, let's say natural diamond that 
well it's not really an expensive material but it's made expensive and as a thin film the cvd is the only way moving on we are going to go to atomic layer deposition that's what i do and that's uh, i would say uh, a deposition technique that is a sub in the in the family of cvd because it's a really similar process but uses a different processing method to obtain thin films so the main difference is that cvd is a constant uh, technique where the reaction on the on the substrate they are happening all the time so we have the precursor always fed the chamber and the reaction is stopped with stopping the precursor flow so time is what we use to control the thickness in atomic layer deposition of or ald we have the same idea of we have our precursor and then we have our oxidant for the, again the aluminium oxide the difference is that only one precursor is on the chamber at the same time uh, one, pre one precursor is on the chamber at, at the time so first we have our aluminium precursor only that and some of course carrier gas that is nitrogen usually it's in the in the chamber so we are passing our precursor for a certain amount of time during this time the precursor is going to react on the surface and ideally it's going to react on the all surface and covering the whole surface with one layer of our aluminium precursor is going to have the aluminium bond to the surface and then we are going to have some groups some organic groups that are still available on the now the new surface now the point is really important is that the precursor they never react with each other so uh, this uh, this reaction are self-limiting in the sense that the aluminium precursor is not reacting with it itself is only reacting with the groups that are going to be available on the surface in this case they are hydroxyl group so there is an oxygen there and they are going to react with the um, in this the aluminium precursor is usually trimethyl aluminium so we're going to have methyl group that are reacting with the oxygen leaving leaving the surface and basically the aluminium is bonded with the oxygen at this point the whole surface is covered with this aluminium plus organic group and nothing else can attach there so uh, the more precursor we put nothing is going to change anymore it's the reaction is stopped at this point we purge away everything that is in the chamber all the unreacted precursor all the methyl groups and anything else that didn't react or the byproduct of the reactions there's the purge phase and then when the chamber is completely clean we insert the second precursor in our case this second precursor is water the water is going to react again with the groups on the surface so the oxygen is going to bond to the aluminium the organic group are going to leave and we're going to have this hydroxyl group oh available on the surface again the whole surface is coated nothing can happen anymore because water doesn't react of course with the 
the aluminum group. We purge everything away, and then we repeat. We put again the aluminum precursor, reacts on the surface, form one layer, and basically we are growing with two precursor cycles. So one cycle is precursor pulse, purging away, second precursor pulse, purging away. This is one cycle, and we are growing one atomic layer per cycle. This is the theory. It's not the reality. Of course, we are not exactly growing one layer every single time then depends a lot on what we are depositing and um, the reaction are going to happen sometimes the coverage is not complete or something uh, some molecule are bigger than others so they might take more space so it takes two three cycles to really grow one dense layer atomic layer of film so there are many other things that happen at the same time. Also, uh, depending on the precursor we are using, uh, the bonds they are formed might take more than one available active site. So maybe if we have several OH groups, still, I'm using the aluminum oxide as an example all the time to keep it easier. It might be the two oxygen bond to one metal atoms and or one to one or the active site number changes in the different cycles so the this one to one one cycle one atomic layer is just theory of course it's easier to speak theory when explaining the things but that's not the reality of course ald um, i don't want to go too much into the history of ald we might have an episode about just ALD later on with more experts joining and helping me in this. But it's a relatively new technique. It's been invented around 60s, 70s. Uh, but it took quite a long time before the semiconductor industry actually picked up on it because it was not needed at the beginning, but at some point, it became necessary to continue the scaling down of the processes. So why do we actually need ALD? First of all, it uh, has extremely good thickness control. So we can control the thickness of the films down to technically an atomic layer. The conform conformality of the deposition is extremely good. Since it's a gas phase, and we can theoretically give it as much time as it needs to coat the surface we need to coat, it doesn't matter the shape of the of the surface. We can have very deep holes, trenches, 3D structures. Given enough time, the gases are going to diffuse everywhere, and only one atomic layer is deposited at one time. So we can avoid the fact that if CVD keeps depositing, it doesn't stop after one layer. Just the top of a hole is going to be deposited much more than the bottom because, of course, the precursors are readily available on the surface, but take a long time to get to the bottom of the hole. ALD doesn't have this problem because it can take as much time as we want to get to the bottom, but only one layer at a time is going to grow. So conformality is extremely good, and the quality of the film is usually extremely good. Because again, we are really controlling the reactions 
down to the atomic layer. Applications, well, uh, again, we can deposit mostly everything with ALD as long as the precursors are available. And that's one of the main problems of ALD. We really need to find suitable precursor for the reactions. So the precursor need to be volatile enough that we can evaporate them and take them to the chamber. They have to resist enough, well, a temperature or in a plasma so that they are activated when we need them to activate and they, they don't, don't decompose before or start reacting before we need them to. So that's the other thing they have to be, cannot react with themselves. That's another important thing. So many times, many processes that technically would be totally possible with ALD are limited by the fact that we don't have available precursor to deposit those materials. If we go very quickly into applications, well, in the semiconductor, ALD is used in any part of the, the process where we really have high aspect ratio structures. Uh, in memory application, we have very deep trenches that we need to code. Now that the, the MOSFET, so basically the transistor are deposited in a 3D fashion, not planar anymore. We need to code around 3D structures. So ALD again there is extremely useful. The dimension of the film that are needed shrunk down to a point where few atomic layers sometimes are needed. So again, we need ALD for that. It, it's used also during some middle step, for example, into in the lithography processing, sometimes we cannot go to a certain dimension just with the lithography explained before. So photoresist, UV light, removing the resist, and then having only certain area free of resist where we can operate, for example, deposit there or etched away. Sometimes we need to do triple or quadruple lithography, meaning that we do pattern, then we have a film there that we are going to remove to cut the size in half. This is kind of hard to explain by voice. So we should go back to this uh, further on in another episode when we focus more. But basically we can have, if we have three films on each other and we remove the two external one, we are going to get a feature that is only the middle film. Then maybe we cannot do that just by lithography. We can deposit, of course, oxides, nitrides, metal films. They are not really, again, that's not the best way to deposit film, but it's completely fine when we have the precursor uh, for metals. DRAM, again, this is the deep trenches. And then we can go to biomedical application, sensing, anything that it needs either very small thicknesses, certain, well, the surface chemistry can be changed when uh, pre different precursors are used. We can add this with ALD without going too much into this we will have uh, again an episode about specifically ALD, 
we can insert organic molecule into the films with at the well let's it's called molecular layer deposition it's basically it's exactly the same thing but instead of atomic layer it's molecular layer it's, it's just the same technique we can insert organic that can provide certain different activity that we need and again we can code all devices very easily with ALD following the structure of the device so one of the reasons why ALD was not picked up right away was because it was re not really needed so you don't use something that you don't need ALD you never use it if you don't really need it mostly because it costs a lot and it's really slow you need the proper precursor and that's they are usually very sensi sensitive to air or expensive or hard to produce so you only really use it when you need it so when the dimension got so small that the reaction time even if it's much longer than cvd is still short because the amount of material is small then it became valuable also cost they are gone down the technology now to produce the reactors is basically totally established there are no problem anymore to produce the reactor of course there is still a lot of innovation in the ald compared to more traditional technology because it's a kind of a very new technology so still new precursor are discovered all the time new processes are available new way to have the reactors design it's getting new the the growth that has been really going up since well let's say the 70s when it got invented was basically zero but then 19s two in mostly in the 2000s really picked up and now there are several tens of manufacturers they produce ALD reactor it's used everywhere in the semiconductor industry not only there it's there are many different applications on displays and then on large area substrates is now something that has been investigated a lot where ALD can again deposit very nice uniform as qual the, the higher quality and the thickness as we want on very very large area as long as we can provide the precursor in a uniform way to the whole area but I'm gonna now closes here because this it's just me speaking and uh, it's not so interesting to go on too long we are going to try to focus more on the different part of this okay we're gonna mostly skip all the solution based because well we don't personally care that much so we are going to try to have an episode more about ALD with maybe some of my colleagues and some other experts in the field and then one more about application on the semiconductor industry, CVD and ALD both. And later on, I'm going to have another episode about thin films that are going to cover physical vapor depositions techniques more in depth. So maybe, I don't know when that is going to be available, but stay tuned for that. Again, I'm going to remind you, follow us on Twitter as our page, stg underscore podcast. Speak with us or just follow us to get the 
updates. And then until the, the next time, hopefully with more people, not only me. So see you next time. Bye bye.